0: My name is Katie Wilson, and I'm a ministry coordinator here at Trinity, and it is good to be in church together. I want to say two things before we jump in the text. The first is Merry Christmas. If you say that out loud and you're like, Katie, Christmas was specifically six days ago, and I'm moving past that, I Christmas is in the rearview mirror what I wanna say is that Christmas is actually a season in the church. It is 12 days, actually. And you know the song about all the gifts, like all the birds, uh, the 12 days of Christmas. We had uh, at our staff Christmas party a trivia question. It's like, how many birds were given over the 12 days? Anyone know? 184, you got it. (laughs) And so the 12 days of Christmas isn't based off of that song. It actually is an intentional time that we take to think about the truth that Jesus is Emmanuel, that He is God with us. We need more than one day to think about that. And so these 12 days is a time that we can sit with that truth, that Jesus is Emmanuel, that He is God with us. And so the good news also is if you still haven't taken down your Christmas tree like me, or you haven't taken down your Christmas decorations, you're not late. It's still Christmas. Don't stress. You have until January 6th, plenty of time. So Merry Christmas. The second thing that I want to say to you is Happy New Year. It's December 31st, believe it or not. Tomorrow is 2024, which feels crazy to me. And maybe you're looking back on this past year and maybe it was a really tough year. Maybe there was some loss and pain. Or maybe you're looking back on this year and it was a really, really good year. Or like most of us, I probably think that it was probably a mixed bag, right? We had some highs and some lows. And this isn't a sermon actually about New Year's. I'm not gonna tell you how to have your best year yet in three points. Not gonna talk about how to make the best New Year's resolutions. I'm not anti New Year's resolutions. That's just not what we're gonna talk about. Cause what we're gonna talk about is I think true whether you are limping into the New Year after the holidays or whether you like have so much gusto and you're like, it's a new year, new me. Regardless, I think the passage that we are reading today has a lot to say to you and to me. So, if you have Bibles, we're going to jump into Luke chapter 2. And a disclaimer it's a long passage, but I promise it's worth it. We're going to start in verse 22. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male should be designated as holy to the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, Saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Thank you that you are present here with us. Thank you that we're still in the season of Christmas. Jesus, would you help us to see you clearly? Would you show us that you are Emmanuel? Would you be with us this morning? It's in your name we pray, amen, amen. So when I saw the first time that my the sermon text was gonna be the latter half of Luke 2, I was like, what happens at the end of Luke 2? Like, what happens after the shepherds? And it reminded me of, I don't know if you've seen this video that was circulating, but there's this little British boy who, he's like st- telling his mom how he had a classic role in the Christmas play. And his mom's like, that's awesome, buddy. Is it like Joseph? And he's like, "Mm mm-mm. He's like, oh, is it a wise man or a shepherd? He's like, no, it's a classic role. (laughs) And his mom's like, okay, well, buddy, you're gonna have to tell me. And he goes, with like the most excitement, he's like, door holder number three. (laughs) And it was just the best, and I'm not saying that Simeon and Anna are as, like, forgettable as door holder number three, but I do believe that this is a passage that, I mean, it doesn't get any airtime in any nativity play I've seen. Simeon and Anna are people in a story that I think you and I can learn a lot from. So what we're gonna do this morning is we're gonna walk through the different people in this passage, We're gonna look at Mary and Joseph, we're gonna look at Simeon and Anna, and of course, we're gonna look at Jesus. So the first thing we see in this passage is Mary and Joseph are faithful and show up. They are faithful and show up. The passage we typically read at Christmas Eve or Christmas Day ends with the shepherds come to the manger, they're worshiping Jesus, it's like this excitement, Mary's pondering all these things in her heart, and then they leave. And I was just imagining like Mary and Joseph, all the, all the fanfare is gone, they like look at the baby, they look at each other, they're like this is the Messiah, but he's also our son, like what now? The anticipation of Christmas, the anticipation of this baby to come has happened. So what do they do? And what Mary and Joseph do is they know, the only thing they know what to do is to show up. So what they do is they travel to the temple in Jerusalem to follow Jewish customs that happen after a baby is born. They don't know what to do. They're faithful and they show up. And when we see them show up at the temple, Jesus would have been around 40 days old. And we know this because after a woman gave birth, she had to go through a period of purification that would last up to 40 days. And on the 40th day, she would go to the temple with her family and offer a sacrifice to the Lord. And what was customary is that she, a woman would offer a lamb and a turtle dove or pigeon. Except there were also provisions made if somebody couldn't afford a lamb. And what we see in our story is that Mary and Joseph, they couldn't afford a lamb. The gift they had to offer was two turtle doves or two pigeons. And what I believe that tells you and tells me or reminds us is that Jesus was born into a really poor family. Jesus had a really, really humble beginning. Can you imagine the Messiah, the king of the world, the savior of the world? His parents couldn't even afford a lamb. But regardless, Mary and Joseph, they were faithful, and they showed up. And the next people we see in this story, and the next point we have is, we look at Simeon and Anna and what we see is that Simeon and Anna were also faithful and they were looking for Jesus. The first one we see is Simeon and the text tells us that Simeon is righteous and devout. But we don't really know a lot about Simeon. He's not talked about before this, he's not talked about after this. Like was he a guy with a lot of status? We don't know. What we do know is that he was devout, that the Holy Spirit rested on him. And what we also know is that the Lord made this crazy promise to him, that before he died, he would see the Messiah. Could you imagine Simeon each day waking up, and just like, is today the day? Like, am I gonna see the Messiah today? And waiting and waiting, believing that God would show up, but I'm sure at times being like, is this gonna happen before I die? And then one day, the Holy Spirit tells him to go to the temple. And I imagine Joseph like walking into the temple being like, is today the day? Like full of excitement and looking around, like where's the Messiah? Where is the Messiah? And I don't know what he was expecting. But I believe that when he saw mary and joseph and baby jesus that they looked like just any old peasant family you know jesus didn't walk in the temple and like was glowing or like had a star following him inside the temple like there was nothing to indicate that this baby in mary's arms was the messiah i don't think that's who simeon was looking for but regardless the holy spirit leads simeon to this baby. And I love that Simeon like immediately grabs the baby. Like I'm sure Mary was like, okay, here's <laughs> there's my child. And Simeon is holding this baby. And I don't know if you've held a baby recently or seen a baby recently. If you're at Trinity, you've surely seen babies. We're bursting with babies in this place. And I recently went to one of my best friend's house who had a baby uh, like six, eight weeks ago. And this little guy, his name is Fred, which is so freaking cute, right? He would be a similar size to what Jesus was. And I just remember looking at Fred and his like tiny, tiny fingernails and his little nose and his ears and this fragile baby that wanted to be held. And I remember sitting there looking at him and being like, I wonder who you're gonna be. I wonder what you're gonna be like when you grow up. And I think of that and then I think of Simeon who is holding this baby and it's not his friend's kid, it's not even his son, but it is the Messiah. Can you imagine? It's like so surreal to me that in his arms, Simeon is holding both a little eight-pound baby and the savior of the world. Like that, I don't know, makes me feel a sort of way that this vulnerable, tiny little child that Simeon literally got to hold was the Messiah, was the one that he had been waiting for and waiting for. And rather than like scoffing like the Messiah, really, This this is the best we could do? Instead, he begins to praise God. He begins, he holds this baby and he realizes that this is what he has been waiting for. Simeon wasn't just waiting, but he was looking for Jesus. He was looking for Jesus. And he says, master, now you're dismissing your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He's like, this is it. (laughs) I'm good to go now. I got to see the Messiah. And the next person we see is Anna. And Anna was also faithful and also looking for the Messiah. We read that Anna was this older woman who... She'd been married for seven years and then was a widow until she was 84 and that she worshiped the Lord constantly at the temple. That she was faithful to pray and worship and fast day in and day out. And she also was looking for Jesus. She was looking, she didn't know what she was looking for, but she was looking for the Messiah, for the redemption of Israel. And she also gets to see This baby, it says she runs over too and gets to see the Messiah, the savior of the world in Simeon's arms. And her response is similar to Simeon, she burst out into praise. And Simeon and Anna, like I said, they, they weren't like really that significant of people. We don't really know a lot about them, we don't hear about them again, but these are the people that get to see Jesus. These are the people who are faithful and get to hold this baby, that they recognize that this is the Messiah. And many, many people wouldn't recognize the Messiah, wouldn't recognize Jesus throughout his life. They found him in this really small and vulnerable place. And what I believe Simeon and Anna have to say to us is that we can be the kinds of people that look for Jesus. That pray, Lord, give me eyes to see Jesus. And when we do, when we ask to see Jesus, we need to be reminded that he shows up in unexpected places, in unexpected ways, and in seemingly such small ways that we can miss him. The God of the universe was born in Bethlehem, was born of a virgin, and was a baby. The way that Jesus meets us in our life, in our day-to-day, Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, isn't always flashing signs. Often it's really small Significant ways, and the ways that we get the chance to see that is when we are faithful and we show up. Say, Lord, I don't know how to see you, but would you show me you, Jesus? And I think that's a prayer we can pray this week is like, Jesus, give me eyes to see you. Which this brings us to Jesus who's both the baby in the story and the hope of the world. And what we see from Jesus in this passage is that he brings light to all people and that he will suffer. As Simeon held Jesus in his arms and was praising God, he says, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. What Simeon is doing here is he's magnifying the scope of Jesus' purpose. So many people, so many of the prophets thought the purpose of Jesus was to redeem Israel. And what Simeon says is that he actually came to bring light to all people. And this is the kind of light that gets to extend to you and to me. The miracle of Christmas is that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And one of my favorite verses in the Bible is in John 1, when John's talking about Jesus and he says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus came to bring light into darkness. And we live, you know, 2,000 years later and there's still a lot of darkness in our world there's still a lot of darkness. But the darkness has not overcome the light that Jesus brings. I believe that with everything in me, even when I can't always see it. The darkness has not overcome the light of Jesus. And we can trust that Jesus is acquainted with our darkness, with our sufferings, because Jesus he did suffer. This baby that Simeon held would grow up to heal people, to feed the 5,000, to teach about the kingdom of God and be crucified. That this baby that had so much promise, who is the promise, would also face complete opposition, complete rejection. He would die. in the same city that this baby was in, in Jerusalem where he is being blessed by Simeon, where he is being announced as the savior of the world in that same city is where he will be crucified. Not that much long after. And now maybe you're thinking, Katie, a sermon that talks about suffering and darkness isn't actually super Christmassy or super like, let's jump into the new year. But what I believe is that this is actually really, really good news. Because what I know and what you know is that there is suffering in our world and in our lives. And the news that I need to hear is that he brings light into that that he brings light into darkness. And each time I read this story, truly the image, I just can't keep getting out of my head, I know I've said it, but is Simeon holding this baby. And as Simeon is holding this baby, he knows that this is the Messiah, but I don't think Simeon had any idea where Jesus' story was gonna go. I don't think he had any idea that this little baby would grow up and be crucified. I don't think he had any idea that this baby would grow up and be resurrected. He knew that there was hope. He knew the ultimate end of the story, but he didn't know what the story was going to look like before then. And the truth is, I don't know what my story is going to look like on this earth. You don't know what your story is going to look like. We have absolutely no idea what 2024 will hold for us. We don't get promised to know the story here. But what we can know is the ultimate end to our story. Because where our story is headed isn't just to a place where darkness doesn't overcome light, it's to a place where darkness is no more. Darkness is no more. We see at the very end of our Bible this passage that talks about the end of our story. It says, I saw not the temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. For the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. There will be no night. There will be no darkness. And we're not there yet, right? We're in the middle of the story. And so what can we do in the middle? And what I believe that we learn from Mary and from Joseph and from Simeon and Anna is that we can be faithful, we can show up, and we can look for Jesus. And I don't know about you thinking about like, how can I be faithful and show up and look for Jesus in all of 2024 feels a little daunting. So my invitation for myself and for us is what does it look like for me to be faithful and show up and look for Jesus this week? I don't need to think about this whole year what does it look like for me to be faithful when I leave this place? When I go back to work on Tuesday, what does it look like to look for Jesus? Maybe that's to set a timer and pray for five minutes, even if you don't know what to say to God. Maybe it looks like reading a chapter of your Bible. Maybe it looks like I don't wanna go to work and I'm just gonna show up and ask Jesus to show me where he is. It doesn't have to be anything huge. Like we've said, Jesus showed up and is a small baby. But what I do know is that even in really small ways, that Jesus will meet us there. Because what we've said and what we've sang about is that he is Emmanuel. That he is God with us. Amen before we come to the table, which I love that we come to the table each week because we remember our full story that Jesus, this baby did grow up, did die and was raised again and he brought light and life. But before we do that, I have a couple reflection ideas. The first is, what does it look like to be faithful and show up this week? And then I encourage you to sit with this truth, that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, to bring light and love into our lives. Amen.